0: is alive and it is well and it is the state of combat with brian campbell on cbs sports back with a bang we're slinging it we're bringing it we are juiced up to the gills with another dose of that performance enhancing audio it's the brian campbell for as long as this cup of coffee next to me lasts yes in fact the voice that you hear Why do I need this caffeinated dose to get me through? Because this ain't the Wednesday afternoon edition, folks. Schedule's clogged up. So your boys BC and the King of Silver bringing it almost instant analysis pod style. Just, I don't know, a handful of minutes removed from Tuesday night's episode of Smackdown Live. Wow, folks, you know I'm going to tell you to give us that five star review. You know I'm going to say a lot of things on here, but I got to get right into it with the damn Silver King because things are feeling right now. Feel that! You can't help but feel that! Oh, yeah! I'm feeling things all over right now for WrestleMania, for WWE, for pro wrestling in general. Wow, we're three minutes into the show. I haven't even mentioned the term AEW yet. I may not even get there. Let's bring in that other guy, though. Say hello to the bad guy. Oh, yeah. He loves him some Rousey. His name is the Silver King. Adam
1: Silverstein hey now i also love me some kofi kingston and in case any of you missed my kofi kingston take on last week's show somehow you can hear it verbatim from brian campbell's mouth on the masked man show this past week
0: what what, what are you talking about what What are you talking about willis exactly what i said your same take yeah what did i little, what, what,
1: little gimmick infringement over what, with did the, the what did i sample what did i steal shoes, as, as i like think
0: i i laid out that i uh You know, don't pop for Kofi, but even I have come around for some Kofi mania.
1: Okay. The fans can listen for themselves. It was actually a really good guest spot. More than anything, I was just promoting that you were on his show. Uh, Friend of the program, I guess, as they would say. Um, Really good to hear you and the maker of shoes back together speaking about the sport that we call professional wrestling.
0: Yeah, tell me, tell me already, tell me, all right, what do you got, what do you got, tell me I don't know,
1: you see, I'm excited for this after dark edition of State of Combat And I'm kind of wondering how Vince McMahon would introduce this week's show Well, you know
0: Excuse me while I rip this out
1: Are you trying to say the
0: old guy brought it, are you trying to say that he still got it He still knows how to how to make our field spots uh, overflow, how to, how to, you know I know what you've got in your pants, and I want it
1: Yeah, that's that's very blunt, Mick, but it's one of them weeks. It might be Vince. It might be someone else. We're going to talk about that on this week's edition of the State of Combat with Brian Campbell podcast. His name somehow is still on the marquee. But B.C., why are we wasting more time? We should just get into the main event.
0: Yeah, let's hit that thing. I mean, Dean wants pie. We all want pie, but you
1: know where we're going. Let's hit the main event. And really, BC, there's no better way to start off this week than talking about the big dog. Roman Reigns came out Monday night on Raw and announced to the world that his cancer, the leukemia that he has been fighting, is in remission. I thought it was a really special moment that wrestling fans are going to remember for a really long time. It was touching. Um, You felt for the guy at the same time you were excited to see him back, whether you were a fan of his or not, kayfabe or not, but... WWE did get some criticism on the back end of this for kind of announcing late last week that Reigns would be on Raw and holding this announcement about his health until Monday night show. So, dual questions for you: the moment I'm sure hits you in the feel spot. Tell me how you felt seeing Reigns on Raw, and do you give any credence to that criticism?
0: No, no, no credence. No clear water. No revival. Get the hell out of here for that. Yes, WWE is milking this incredible real life story to both. Pop ratings. And let's not forget, get Reigns over like he's never been before. Don't act like those two things aren't happening. But at the same time, I ain't mad at them at all. In fact, I'm just feeling things that I like to feel, guys. Things that I. Oh my God. The mega powers are about to explode in my pants right now. But not like one of those booking pops. This is just a feel good, feel good, feel good moment of a lifetime type of pop because you can't hate on what's happening here. A really nice man, Joseph has turned the corner health-wise, can come back to do what he loves. And yes, full, complete feel spot activated in one of the better moments Raw has ever produced. And certainly in the last five, six, seven, eight, ten 10 years, one of the most standout, iconic moments. I-, I have to believe that. I don't feel like that normally when I watch a show. I was so dialed into to Joe and his real-life story, and when you see the way the crowd just continually popped him, and they're eating out of his hand, rightfully so, You just realize, like, what we do here is so sophomoric and a joke in reality, (laughs) and what we do here is push 40 years old and still watch these guys in their underwear act out this fake storyline and then get, and get really mad, get mad about it. Then get yeah. really mad and emotional about the choices <laughs> and then blame each other for going on other podcasts and stealing each other's takes, by the way. Oh, no, hey, that, that was what happened. By the way, I Silver King
1: I, speaks the truth, by
0: the way. Well, did I you really? Because I, I did come up with the triple threat New Day uh, booking after WrestleMania, which is just hot friggin fire. So, uh,
1: okay, but that's not what you said. What did I, I say? What did I say? You know? You repeated my whole take about how, you know, Kofi would blow the roof off MetLife Stadium and blah 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 everything the Silver King said, it got listen, I don't blame you. I was right. It's fantastic. Well, I mean, is I that an it. original take to sh- I, to I, look I at the, the crowd's
0: reaction and predict Kofi media running wild? Anyway, it's not about Kofi right Dude, now.
1: I I said it like three I, I said it weeks ago. And oh, it's happened. Uh, and I we're know you can keep track out. of
0: every take you've had on the show, going back to the exact second and days, except okay. for the hedges. But but you know, huh. hey, if, if if a little silver king sauce ran over onto my plate there, then then you you know you're gonna have to sue me. I mean, I
1: don't blame you one bit. You know, hearing a smart take and repeating it, it's just natural. It's All funny. I know
0: is that you know Reigns just it, it, this just felt damn good. It's about Joe or Roman, whatever you want to say here, and yeah, what we do here is is it is what it is, and what we do here. Is boo Roman Reigns for something that we've established and, and talked at nauseum? That isn't his fault. The way that the character turned at the right time with Daniel Bryan not getting the booking the fans wanted at the 2015 Rumble. And Roman just acquiring those negative labels and negative reactions for a long time. And to see that completely erased for the right reasons, it was awesome. It was really about real life. And yes, WWE, again, is using this for... for uh, opportunities of gain but to see him come out and give such a friggin' genuine reaction to break script a little bit just to break down how much uh, you know the outpouring of love and support has lifted him to, to talk about his own faith and, and, and really kind of do things that aren't part of storyline, it was powerful it was great, it reminds you of the thing we say every time we talk to Roman Reigns This is a great dude. It's hard to hate on the guy. He's a great friggin' dude. And I know it's misdirected hostility from the beginning towards Vince's booking, but this was great. And now I just want to know, where's it going? Adam, yeah. you can, I mean, look, say it now, and then I'll repeat it on uh, Peter Rosenberg's podcast in a few weeks, <laughs> but uh, where is this going? The thing is, I almost like, yeah, we kind of fantasy booked some cool ideas, but I didn't expect Roman to come back before Mania. Now that he's back before Mania, like, are we convinced that we got from Monday night? That he's back. I know he's, he, he hit a spear. He was physically involved. Is he back like he could wrestle next week or he could have a WrestleMania match? Or is this touch and go? He's like, where are we at with this?
1: Well, it's interesting because he gave the whole the big dog is back deal, right? And it makes you think that a scenario will develop at Fastlane because Rollins doesn't have a match at Fastlane. Because, you know, he's waiting for the for the Universal Championship with Brock Lesnar. Dean Ambrose really has no storyline whatsoever right now. It makes you believe that they will set a match at Fastlane involving that League of Nations Part two that they have going on. And somehow the Shield will get involved in that and take them out. Obviously, they alluded to Reigns return with the triple powerbomb of Braun Strowman, right, on the steps through the table. So they're alluding to it there. Then they come back and obviously have Reigns on Raw, they announce he's coming back, and then those guys save Dean Ambrose from attacks from some of those guys in that quasi-group stable, whatever you want to call it. So, I do think we'll see him physically involved, but really, there's no reason for them to put Roman Reigns in a match until WrestleMania. The question is, should Roman Reigns be in any match at WrestleMania, and if so, what kind of stature of a match do you give him? Because... You don't want them overshadowing the main event, which we're expecting to be a triple threat for the Raw women's title. You don't want them overshadowing Rollins and Lesnar, which you've spent time building up as to the number one men's match for this show. Now, they don't care about the WWE title, so it it can overshadow that. But point is, who is this opponent going to be? is it going to be Baron Corbin as they teased Monday night on raw? And if so, oh God, no, no, that should, no, no, that, that should be a four minute match. I no, mean, and just, no, don't know. give me any hot minutes. Don't give me that. No, um, this is part I, of, the- I would rather, the point is I honestly, if you told me, Adam, choose what Roman Reigns does, you get to book it. He does not wrestle at WrestleMania. And he does the run in that. I said, you know, five weeks ago on the show that you called the greatest booking idea of all time.
0: That, that, the mega powers did explode in my pants on that one. There's no doubt. Uh, The only thing
1: is when you tease your
0: hand of of bringing him back early, you put yourself in a tough spot. Unless they're going to come back next week and explain, look, he's back. But we're gonna take it slow. We're not gonna, you know, we're not gonna give him matches. He's more or less gonna be in Seth's corner as a hype man. Then that's probably how you're gonna tell the Seth Brock story the best way you can. And then you're either gonna, you know, you're gonna use that WrestleMania moment to turn one of them heel or, or to do something big. And that that's a fun way to get there. I don't want to rush him into a match at all against a Corbin or or a t- quick squash match to get a pop or even. Even some kind of Cena run back. Don't give me anything. In fact, just 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 preserve Roman being back as a special thing because, again, real life it is a special thing. And anytime real life can bleed into fake life here, it's special and amazing. Now, where's Ambrose in all this? I know they rescued him, but shouldn't Roman be mad in storyline that Dean used the night of Roman's cancer to to turn on Seth and then kind of make fun of? him? remember that week that he came out as a heel and said it's. Roman's fault for getting cancer. I mean, what are we doing here?
1: I mean, the last two weeks, Dean has basically been a face. So I think they're almost trying to say, like, just forget that happened. Like that basically got Dean to quit the company, whether in storyline or whether in real life. I'm still 50 50 on it. But let's say it's let's say it's real life. That storyline basically got Dean to quit the company. He comes back. He's excited. He's hyped up. Now he's has a gas mask on and he's getting poked with needles and. This uh, What should be a massive storyline between Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins that maybe should have been a mania match is instead being thrown away at some crap pay-per-views over the Intercontinental title and no one really cares and Dean isn't looking very good in the ring and he's horrible on the mic. So I think really what they want and what they've done – what they did this week on WWE TV is they basically just said, hey, remember a lot of that crap we just gave you over the last three weeks? Forget it. We're on the road now. We're going to kick things off and get going. That's at least how I felt watching things. But for me, again, I really stand by it. I think in on WrestleMania, at WrestleMania, you have to revisit WrestleMania 31 somehow in that main event. And I'll go back to what I said a couple weeks ago. You have Roman run in, equivalent to Rollins running in on Roman's match with Lesnar at 31, and obviously doesn't have a Money in the Bank briefcase or anything like that. But instead of turning on Rollins, you basically have him save Rollins for whatever the situation that Is created with Lesnar Heyman whatever the Case Rollins goes over wins the title Those guys celebrate in the middle of the ring And then maybe Ambrose comes out and you get a shield Celebration and that's a great moment That's a great middle of the show uh, Co-main You know third to last match moment Leading into the triple threat women's match Oh my god
0: Reigns rescuing Rollins it's so Hogan Rescuing Savage on Saturday night's And by the way shout out to our special Bonus podcast if you didn't catch it It was Tuesday's podcast exclusive with the Honky Talk Man, the second member of the 2019 WWE Hall of Fame class. The reason why I bring that up now is because Honky had a big moment in that Mega Powers angle starting on Saturday night's main event when him and the Hart Foundation attacked Savage and ended up turning him from heel to baby. So, wow, if you could... Let's just jumpstart that. I mean, look, the potential long-term business with the Reigns and Rollins is just incredible. So having Reigns back ahead of Mania rather than surprising him is probably more of a ratings decision. I'm okay with it. Am I okay with the idea that last week it looked like they had no idea where they were going on the road to Mania? And this week we hot, fire, fired up. And look, it wasn't perfect on Monday and Tuesday. There's some questions here and there. But overall, man, the juice was back. It was flowing. The energy, the electricity was there. Yeah, we have short memories in WrestleMania season when, it, when it's good. When we get that taste of steak, we forget what ground beef used but to be like.
1: When's the last time we got five consecutive hours in one week of WWE TV of this quality?
0: I mean, it, I don't want to act like we've never been there. I mean, it's, you know, go back. Last year, the year before there's been pockets, of course, you know, what I mean. but, but I'm
1: saying it's been it's been months, weeks, like it feels like it's been eons because one week Smackdown's great and Raw is horrible. And then Raw kind of rebounds a little bit. And you're like, oh, all right, I'm tasting it. I'm getting ready. I'm in. And then Smackdown maybe just doesn't live up to what it did the week before. But this week there were five hours of WWE television and not no point during any of those five hours was I like, I am not entertained. No, I'm with you. I'm with you
0: on that. It was it was it was quality, which makes me wonder where the whole rain situation was at. Well, you know, they had to know it was coming. Was it waiting for him to get cleared? Was it sort of stop and wait and see? And then they like, go, OK, you know, we probably should wait another week and we'll do it then. And then that's why. Hey, let's call up NXT guys and just just play around and see what happens.
1: So you know? I did see a report on it. Who knows if it's true? Do you want me to mention it? I don't know if that counts as a WrestleMania spoiler it got reported into my or retweeted into my timeline yeah go for it but this is the end this is the yeah well yeah i don't really consider it a wrestlemania spoiler it's more like a roman reigns inside behind the scenes thing what i read was basically that and i'm sorry i I can't i don't know who to attribute it to but it it was someone that i respected when i saw it it was that vince knew a week prior uh and i think only like five people in wwe knew like rollins didn't know until the announcement ambrose didn't know until the announcement etc um and Vince knew a week earlier and decided to wait, hold it until Atlanta. And then they came out with the press release la- late last week and it all transpired. I wonder if I, they had
0: nothing for, you know, the previous week and then they're like, oh, let's just splash some NXT on the pot. Obviously, things have escalated this week with the NXT push. So, you know, there's more questions than answers still. But it, it's a it's interesting to wonder, you know?
1: I yeah. Mean- and I mean, look, just going going to the original point here, like I. Do I understand why people might think that like WWE holding that news and delaying the announcement until the, their television program is a little carny? Yeah, uh, maybe a little bit, but this is what I'll tell you. If it was bad news, they wouldn't have done it. Like, bad news they're not Brown? gonna,
0: you're talking about bad news, Brown? Alan, nah. Kogi? Where you go? Oh,
1: okay. they're not gonna promote a huge announcement on Raw from Roman Reigns. And then have them come out and say something has gone really wrong.
0: I love when you're like, is that a little bit carny? Are you kidding me? What, who are we talking about right now? And speaking of mailing Katie Vick. <laughs> I mean, these guys are lifetime carnies. This is who oh, they are. Thing, I didn't,
1: If I said a little bit, I, I said, is it probably carny is what I meant. Y- yeah. I mean, it, holding an announcement like that. Yes, they, they want ratings. They want people to tune in. But it also has a greater impact when you're doing it live Monday night at 8 p.m. As opposed to in a press release on Friday at 4 p.m there's there. a difference it, it it just is it's a spectacle it's a moment you know it's something that we're going to remember and i don't think they would have done that if it was negative news so thank god it wasn't now is
0: was predicting that metlife stadium will will explode if kofi wins a title is that copyrighted silver king material right there is that a copyright oh,
1: i didn't li- i didn't listen to the episode and transcribe what you said i was happy to listen to to the episode i was like oh that's really cool that brian's back with him i like dave i want to listen to the show and i'm listening i'm like man bc's really kicking ass here, this is awesome, he's going on rants, it's awesome, and then he asked you about Kofi Kingston, and I'm like, where have I heard that entire thing? Oh, is, that really, is that
0: really an exclusive take,
1: that him winning the title of no, pop it just, the but as the person who said it, it, it I was listening uh, to it, I was like, that's interesting, I wonder if he's going to say my co-host came up with that I or probably, something. And I probably should not, have, you know. I have one question okay. for you coming off of that, though. Are you guys ready for a revolution? I mean, it's a fair question, Adam. <laughs> I think you're not doing the Cody clip now, just to spite me. Because the Cody clip is actually way better. Do you mean the Brandy clip, the, the Chief? No, Brandy Cody. No, Cody talking oh, about the I, right, that I that do clip. have to acquire that. Yeah, there will come. It of is time. it is legitimately a better clip. But you control me. It's fine. All right, all right. Hey, you hey know who I, trolled? I, hey, BC. You know who trolled someone else on Monday night? Batista, who returned to oh WWE. God. Can I hit the? It, can I hit the sound on that? Do Are it. You... I'll, I'll ah! finish after. Wow returns to wwe in the main event and look silver king was wrong probably everyone in the universe was wrong we didn't expect to see batista we expected to see becky lynch but no we didn't get the redhead we got blue tista instead complete with bright blue glasses a blue lip ring batista attacks Ric flair backstage in his locker room drags him out in, instead of his uh 70th birthday celebration and calls out triple h BC, I gotta tell you, good lord, I didn't necessarily love every bit of it, but nevertheless, feel spot activated. I mean, monster. This is one of those times. Now, now, full
0: disclosure: I was going to do the weekly RAW recap Monday night, like I always do. My power went out. And the anyone in the Northeast knows of the extreme winds we battled over the fa- past few nights, trees going down everywhere, garbage cans flying across the front yard. And I missed this, and of course I, you know, I had it spoiled to a certain degree, which which was fine. But then when I'm watching it back the next day, I'm like, man, I wish I had no idea about this, no idea about Blutista. Wow, what a way to present this guy as cool as freakingly human possible. He was perfect in his subtle facial, the facials he did in front of the camera. Obviously, dragging the cameraman is brilliant. A lot of people nailed it in my DMs. Too many to actually point out one guy that like this is a match. You know, six months ago, none of us would have cared about. None of us would have wanted when he came Mm -hmm. back for that Smackdown one millionth episode or whatever they did. Obviously, that that turned it. That was like, oh, okay, this is this is not a bad idea anymore. And, man, you talk about making it make sense in storyline and then completely activating your fuel spot where, yes, I need this now and I need it to be violent and I need it to matter and. Thank you, Ric Flair, because you know they had to hold him back. You know that guy wanted to blade. You know it. But at least we got to see him get his ass dragged out. And, I mean, the cell job on that is, ju- I mean, Rick can do that all night long. All oh, night nice. And that cell job, pulling up his shirt and just, like, and he's trying to talk to Triple H, and they got the dot. I mean, I know he can't do much anymore at 70, and he's not that far removed from wearing a colostomy bag, but what a guy, man. He would have bladed
1: no matter what. Well, that's the thing that, and it's not his fault, and it's not WWE's fault, so there's no blame. I'm not crapping on it, but what it missed was the violence. They closed the door. He dragged them out. What you need is, like, him coming out of there, out of the room, grabbing the cameraman, dragging him back to say, "Look what I already did." When he's going into the locker room, you're like, "Wait, why is Ric Flair still in his locker room?" You know what I mean? You're right. And that then he little hiccup,
0: that little hiccup wasn't
1: perfect. Um, and just having it, just having him leave the locker room first and then get the cameraman and drag him back would have been great. And, and even dragging him into the locker room and seeing Wendy, his wife, and maybe right, Charlotte, I mean, she was at a live yeah. event, but Wendy like screaming, his
0: son-in-law was, was, Conrad. You know his son-in-law Conrad. It's <laughs> Conrad. Well, Conrad's he, ready for a revolution,
1: so he will not be in that. Well, he wouldn't be room, on right? WWE TV, yeah. Anytime but, soon, like Wendy. But like, what you need is Wendy screaming, upset, crying over him. Batista walking back in, taking him by the collar and dragging him out. It just needed a little bit more intensity. So while I was watching it at first, and I was talking to Jack Crosby, our WWE editor, one of the guys, and I was like, I don't, really, I didn't think I really liked that. And then I rewound it and watched it again, and put that past me. And I said, you know what? This was actually great.
0: Oh, and they set it up perfectly with everyone in the ring, everyone on the stage. Like, they really set it up to where you you were fooled that it was going to be another Hogan 60th birthday party type of Raw celebration. A couple of things on Flair, though. I mean, obviously, Vince is older, and he's still taking bumps and doing crazy stuff. So, you know, they had to have a talk where they just thought, look, let's protect him. Let's not let him take, you know, a flat bump down because he will. He'll do anything, you know. Him. Of course. I mean, God, this guy's the best Carney they ever made. I mean, he's the greatest wrestler of all time. He's everything we love about him. He is all of that, and then some. Number two on Flair is there was a big rumor ahead of his ESPN 30 for 30. And I, you know, I, I still know people there. I'd love to investigate this and get back to you. But the big rumor while they were filming that, and you remember this when he was still in Charlotte's corner as her manager, there was a couple weeks stretch where he came out with a bandage over his head on WWE TV. And the rumor was that during the filming of that, they asked him to blade and like, <laughs> and do it on the documentary, and talk about how to do it, and talk about why it's important, and do it. And he did, and then it was nowhere to be found in the final film. I got to dig on that a little bit more, because that was one of the juiciest fun, speaking of juice, fun rumors ever. Number three, this was the 70th birthday party, but he had his real 70th birthday party in in Atlanta a couple of days earlier. And shout out to my main man, Arash Markazi, formerly of ESPN, now of the LA Times, a columnist, who is anywhere and everywhere celebrities happen if J.R. Smith's going to pour champagne over a girl at the uh, last-minute Cavs uh, NBA championship celebration, oh, Arash is there. If, uh, what's-her-name, Verlander's wife is going to do a, a crazy Kate dance. Kate Upton's going to do a dance courtside at the Clippers. That's the guy taking the video, right? And, right. Make,
1: and making her famous.
0: I mean, he's done an amazing amount of things. I don't know how he got there, but he documented that as well as any fan that w- that could have been a fly on the wall could have been there. And the right, the, the guest list. That now that
1: would have been a fun mingle during cocktail hour, right? I don't. Arash posts a lot of stuff on Twitter, and it's always like cool, right? He's at cool places, cool events, seeing, hanging out with cool people, like you said. I look at it in 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 one eye, out the other, however you want to say it. I don't pay much of it mind. I saw this. I was jealous. I was, I was pissed. I was like, why is he there and I'm not there? Not that I have any reason <laughs> to be there. I'm no one. But why was he there and I'm not there? That I wanted to be in his shoes that night. I mean, did Todd you see, Gur- you, I mean, you're talking about all the many of the greatest wrestlers of all time. Not all of them, but many of them. Todd Gurley's there. There's rappers there. there?
0: I mean, Vander Holyfield. And then it's yeah, like Vander Holyfield Shane crazy. Triple H. I mean, you know, uh, Sting. By the way, some people DM me and said that Sting no sold Seth Rollins on the ramp when he came. So out.
1: he walked down the ramp. He stopped and spoke to one person who I forget. It was uh, then no way. Jose. For well, some. I was going to say then no way. Jose for like 15 seconds. And then he walked by and then Rollins was on one side and someone else was on the other side. He turned and faced the other person, said something to him, and walked just walked by Rollins.
0: It reminds me of the move that he pulled almost reminds me of like when you walk into a bar and like your ex girlfriend's there in the corner of the room and to avoid her you start having a conversation with the first right. person you see. That's what it felt like. But because Rollins didn't give a weird face, I wonder if we're making that up and in reality they respect and love each other and backstage well, re- and
1: In reality, we saw that on TV happen. Now, he may not have meant it that way, but that doesn't change what we saw with our eyes. I mean, he did it. So, whatever. The question is, is Sting turning into Bret Hart? That's Why, the question. You think, you think he bangs Sonny? i uh,
0: just say for the record, I was not banging Sonny. Yeah, I don't, I don't think Sting bangs Sonny. But,
1: either, uh, but let's get back to Batista because what I really want to talk about, BC. People want to is... know if, if people. Speaking of Sonny, she just got arrested for another DUI, unfortunately. So, God, that was a. God bless her. God bless Tammy. Um. I really want to talk about this Batista thing though, BC, because it's a ready-made, easy to develop storyline, right? So you have Batista who's three and O against Triple H. Triple H has never beaten him, as he alluded to. Well, he he alluded to it on SmackDown when he came back for the Evolution. Oh, you know,
0: that's right. Okay, that's a good that's a good nugget to build off in the storyline. Because sure. the, the
1: whole thing was Triple H has done everything in his career, fourteen time world champion, blah, blah 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 blah, but he never beat me. So Batista's 3 and 0 against Triple H, right? That's canon. Then you have outside storyline which is Batista for the last year, two years, maybe 3 years saying publicly while doing the rounds for Guardians of the Galaxy and all this other stuff that he's been doing, which by the way, WWE did not think he was going to be a star. He didn't they didn't think it was going to work. So they they let him go, they didn't ask him to come back. They just let Batista go do his thing. This guy goes out, makes a legitimate star of himself in Hollywood, right? All these junkets, all these press conventions. Would you come back to WWE? Yes. The only way I really want to come back is to face Triple H at WrestleMania because he's never beaten me and I want to give him the win back. Never happens, right? He asked last year. Didn't happen. They didn't even this return year, his
0: calls for like a while. Like it was didn't like...
1: return his, yeah, correct. Didn't even return his calls, stuff like that. Then you have the SmackDown moment this year, right? Then Triple H tears his peck. Now you have Triple H apparently rehabbed and getting ready to get back into entering shape. And now a rumor comes out that Hey, not only does WWE want to see if they can get Batista back, AEW is interested. Well, guess what? AEW was never interested. Someone leaked that. This, has, this had been planned for a while, obviously. And now you have Batista coming back, and he hasn't really cut a promo yet, but he's able to say, Triple H, you were ignoring my requests. Do I have your attention now that I attacked Ric Flair? And he's coming back into WWE as this Hollywood star who wants to come in and say, yeah, I'm 3-0 and against you. I'm going to make it 4-0. I'm going to make you pay. You're not even at my level. And you have Triple H now, who's a face authority figure, who finally is in this position. People love him from NXT. They want him to take over the book, all the smarks. He has this opportunity to get his win over Batista, get a big face win at WrestleMania, and kind of take the company in this new direction. I think it is potentially genius booking and the easiest storyline to write. And if I mean, listen, they screwed up Rousey back in. Who would have ever thought they'd do that? This one is easy. It's two veterans. They can speak on the mic. They don't need scripts. They don't need promo writing. Do it. Just give it to me. I'm ready. Siren. Rev the engine. Let's go.
0: (laughs) I do love this. uh, I I am in suddenly on on babyface Triple H under this type of setting. I don't like when he floats back and forth because he's so damn good as a heel opposite big babyfaces. But this is an obvious babyface role for him protecting Rick and Man, this is going to be good. I I hope that they give this feud, meaning have potential, you know, storyline turns, attacks, all that stuff. Like the attention they gave that awful Shawn Michaels, Triple H, uh, Brothers of Destruction, uh, the ultimate thrill ride. Blood Money in the Sand. Yeah, will be your last ride. Crap. I mean, if they give that this feud, that attention, we could end up coming into Mania more excited about this feud than almost any other one. They really like in trips. Always, obviously, he's trips. He's going to get the the push. He's going to get the giant entrance with the motorcycles and whatever he wants. This could be special, not just like triple. Okay, Triple H and Sting. By the way, great piece of business. I was really excited about it from the w, WCW angle, and then I think it overachieved with all the run-ins. It was perfect. Yet I was still only a certain level excited coming in because I knew the match would kind of blow. You know, in terms of if they went too many minutes, they can't move anymore. I, I'm way more excited for this.
1: Yeah, me too. And, you know, if you told me that I'd be excited for Batista to come back, you know, like you like you said, to open the segment a couple years ago, I'd be like, of course I'm not. Like, what are you talking about? But having him come... And here's the other interesting thing. Last time they tried to bring him back as a face, fans booed him because they wanted Daniel Bryan to win the title, right? They turned him heel. Here's the thing. He's coming in as a heel now. Fans are going to cheer for him because he's going to say all the things that are true. Like, you didn't return my calls. Fans love him from Guardians of the Galaxy. It's a PG product. Kids know him. So, like, it, it may actually be the opposite this time, which is just so funny to me like that it, that could actually happen. But I loved it. And I really love that he leaned into the Blue memes. With the glasses and the lip ring, like oh, come on, perfect. man, Dude, it's that, so good.
0: That lip, that was it was a lip ring or a nose ring. It was lip ring. Lip ring. Lip that ring. was so trashy, like perfectly trashy. Like it made him look like an absolute dirt hole because we all know he's like fifty in real life. So it was like it was just perfect. And by the way, I don't want to steal anybody else's material. It was Bones at Not the Fake Bones who was the first one to DM me about Flair. Definitely would have loved to Blade. in your right, Bones. And I had the same thought. And it was Michael Sean at R E E B eighty two who reminded me that of the to rewind rewind the Sting Rollins thing to make sure I didn't miss that. But uh, dude, if we could get a dirtbag Blutista on the level of where he sneaks up from behind on Steph backstage and starts to do creepy stuff, then this thing's <laughs> like, really? That,
1: I mean, like, you want him, right? You want him breaking into the McMahon Mansion, don't you? Yeah. Well, it would be cool to, like, not, I mean, WWE is not doing this, you know, TVMA stuff anymore, but not kidnap Stephanie, but like, do something where, like, she trips, you know, and hurts herself and hurts her ankle or something, and then. Beats up Shane McMahon, who I know you want him in Triple H opposed, but right now they're not. So his story, his real life brother-in-law and maybe does something with Vince and, you know, maybe Randy Orton gets involved and, and, and flair. Like there's a lot of business that can be done. And it's just exciting to have guys that, you know, can work that are old school, that they don't have to write promos for that. You can literally just roll the ball out and just say, go for it. And you know, it's going to work. And we get that we're not you know, it doesn't seem like we're going to have The Undertaker at WrestleMania 35. John Cena isn't back yet, but he's supposed to be soon. So you would assume he will have a match. But there is that element of old school drawing power that isn't really happening at the show right now. So Triple H and Batista, a legitimate Hollywood movie star and the most prominent, you know, old school name still with the company that's on television. That's a good piece of business.
0: So we hear that a lot, and I and I'm not going to argue with the success of Batista's movies because I mean he's been in some giant franchises. But do you think his name is really carried over there over to the point where like random moms who follow Hollywood news, if he came on the screen, would instantly know who he is?
1: Yeah, because they're buying their kids and taking you know Guardians of the Galaxy action figures and taking them to those movies. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Hey, shut he's in a ma- he's in a major comic book movie franchise. Yeah. I'm not saying he's a superstar in Hollywood. He's not The Rock, but he is a well known. You know, action, uh, you know, comic book movie star. It's a big deal.
0: All right. We're going to talk Rousey now or later because the people want to talk Rousey.
1: We're going to talk Rousey. But first, we got to hear some words from our friends and sponsors. All right, B.C., we're going to hold off on Rousey just a little bit and finish up this main event with what went down Tuesday night on SmackDown. And that is Vince McMahon showing up. No chance in hell and replacing Kofi Kingston in the WWE title match at Fastlane with the returning Kevin Owens. Now, straight off the top, I love this. Not because it was a good angle, not because it was necessarily that well done on Tuesday night, but because of what it means going forward. But before we get to that, I got to ask you, we saw Vince do this with Becky, literally just walking in and saying, eh, nah, not her, pulling Becky Lynch out of the match, putting Charlotte in. And they repeated the identical angle here with Vince basically just walking out and saying, nah, not Kofi Kingston. Here's Kevin Owens. Does that bother you? Or do you think they are actually alluding to this McMahon family power struggle, whether at WrestleMania or at some point afterward?
0: Uh, to answer all your questions there. Yeah, I had the same reaction you did. Same exact reaction of of no. that You know, like that's so lazy. It's just a repeat of what we're doing on, on Raw it waters down what you're doing on raw to come out and do the same thing without a storyline twist. Now if they are now look I, w- the reason why you don't get mad is for all the stuff we're going to talk about. Instantly you're like, "Okay, well Kofi's getting his moment. So this is all going to be worth it." And the disappointment of the fans and the perfect way in which the entire New Day sold that disappointment. All that was gold. It's easy to look past what how we need to get there. You know, you can forgive those sins because you can start to see the end game. But you bring up a good point. Is there an even better endgame here involving Vince that we're not realizing right now? Because Steph and Shane came out like ultimate babyface brother and sister. And to see Steph on SmackDown, and and we're just going to pretend like that's normal now because the McMahons are suddenly back on all the shows. It's not like I run this show and you run that show. If this leads to a revolt against their father's storyline and some form of what we all want, which is in trips we trust, trips to get the book, if not the eventual power struggle between Trips and Steph on one side and Shane on the other, then yes, please take us in that direction. Sniff, give me a little sniff. Let me smell it just for a second. Let me see where we could go there, where m- maniacal Vince needs to be removed from power. I don't no longer have all those great sound drops of the time that they did run that angle out when Triple H was like, Vince the board has voted and all that stuff. If you can get some form of rehash out of that, it will make a lot more sense. Right now, it didn't make a ton of sense. You know, didn't I think the, lo- didn't love Dan, or didn't love uh, Ko and and Kofi teaming up. Why are they teaming up? Why? What? Well, I think Explain I think that the issue is. Segment
1: to me. I, I think the issue is that on Raw when they did it with the women, Charlotte was a heel, right? Here they're portraying Kevin Owens as a face, so you're kind of stuck from a booking scenario where what you would think that you would what Vince McMahon would do is take Kevin Owens backstage or. Welcome, you know, walk into his office and be like, hey, nice to see you. Someone off screen later in the show. Kofi's having a match, doing something. Owens attacks him, takes him out, hurts his knee, takes his spot in the match. But because they're trying to portray Owens as a face with a heel, giving him heel and Vince, I mean, giving him a face opportunity against heel champion Daniel Bryan, they basically had to just have Kevin Owens come out and be like, sorry, like, it's not my fault. I'm sorry. Like, I still friends. Like, let's team up. You know what I mean? So. They made the right decision, because look, we didn't say it yet, but this to me, and if it it doesn't happen, then I don't even know what they're doing. This to me means we're getting Daniel Bryan, Kofi Kingston at WrestleMania, which is the match that should happen. Kofi Kingston winning the title is the moment that should happen. The place will explode. It'll be a massive moment, and it's going to be a moment we we remember in WWE history when this happens. I promise. But in order to get there, it seems like WWE had to quote unquote, you know, do a plans change type of situation. Reports were apparently coming out of this that Owens was going to face Brian at WrestleMania. They flopped the events. So how how are you going to flop those matches without Vince McMahon coming out and doing something? It's just, it felt so repetitive. It yeah, was absolutely, it was absolution riot squad repetitive. And it, it was like one night you see one thing <laughs> the next night. It's like, isn't this exactly what you just did the night before?
0: And you nailed some of the, the, the problems. Look, they're definitely turning him face. It was obvious. No, I just want to establish a couple of things. One, K.O. having K.O. back is great. The way that they great. built up those selfie phone promos with his family have been fun. To have him back looking thin and he has got really cool tats. Like it just kind of it it added to his product. Like it made him look even cooler than than ever. And to see him back, I'm fired up. To see how they're going to up playing this out with him in here is going to be interesting. Just like how the the broadcast closed on Tuesday with Kofi and and KO getting a win and then sort of kind of talking like they were friendly afterwards. It's all a little bit confusing, but we if the end game works out, we're going to forgive them and and you understand it, this is this could be Vince listening to the audience, which is what we want. We want Kofi Mania now. We're all even me is sort of bought in on it. But yeah, a little bit sloppy to get there. Uh, a lot of people didn't like, and they're tweeting at me, no mention for a while, at least, of, hey, didn't, isn't the last time we saw KO he attacked Vince? I do like that during the main event match, at least the announce team caught up on that. Basically, it was like, look, you know, Vince obviously sees money here by choosing KO. Still, again, a little bit confusing why he'd choose a baby face in, in the spot. I'm, but...
1: I'm, I'm with you on that, except he also provoked AJ Styles to attack him, and he liked that aggression. So he must have liked KO's aggression too. So that actually wasn't an issue for me because Vince likes when people get in his face and test him and hit him and, you know, get aggressive. There's the the famous non-kayfabe real shoot story of Vince, like challenging wrestlers to fights on airplanes and, and wrestling with them, like right in the middle of the cabin. And it's like, this guy's a madman, right? So for KO to headbutt him, maybe that gained Vince's respect. That honestly, I remembered the moment. But I didn't find that to be a plot hole.
0: Well, I thought it was good at least that they mentioned it and connected it right there. So I was fine with that. Um, overall, though, uh, I'm not going to complain here. Overall, this was another big part of why Monday and Tuesday were so good and why now things are businesses picking up because I don't know exactly how they're going to get there. I don't know if it's going to be – uh, Kofi Kingston and Daniel Bryan, exactly. Obviously, there's a lot of tells here that, that tell you that, that they've got something big planned. Could it be a, a triple threat? Uh, maybe that wouldn't make a ton of sense because you're probably doing that on the women's side. But having Kevin Owens back, he's going to play some large role here. It's going to be interesting if we pitch him as a babyface. And how about we stop and just applaud how brilliant Daniel Bryan was in that entire segment by no-selling everything. Just the little half-smile he gave when Kevin Owens sat down at the table and signed the contract was so subtle and perfect i mean daniel Bryan is so masterful as a heel that we said it at first when he first turned heel and when our hearts were like wow maybe one day this could be you know an even better representation of him than pure white meat baby face and it, and it felt like a hipster take at the time i mean have we completely turned the corner now where we realized that like this is who he was supposed to be the whole time with this beard and in this great gimmick
1: i think this is the best version of daniel Bryan from a character development standpoint that we've seen on WWE TV, and he actually had one other moment when Stephanie or Shane, I forgot who it was, said sitting in this fine leather chair. He looked up like, oh, this is leather. Like he wasn't (laughs) going to get up necessarily, but he was like, oh, well, crap, you know, like that type of thing. So he had two of those facial expressions that were really fantastic. And speaking of facial expressions, just really quick connecting to our last um, point, the Batista, Ric Flair, all that. If you have the opportunity, go back and watch the segment from SmackDown 1000 with Evolution, the entire thing. Listen to Batista on the mic, listen to Triple H on the mic, listen to Randy Orton on the mic, and watch their facial expressions as they work with each other in that ring with no script, just a general outline. And I I just watched it again. This is why I'm saying it. It's the perfect example of the difference between the former era and the current era. But Orton's facial expressions, that entire segment, remind me of basically what Daniel Bryan was able to accomplish on Tuesday night without saying a word.
0: I still wonder how much of the uh, B- Blue Tisa was shooting in that. Because remember, he went he went too long, certainly. He did. And he was yeah. adding a lot of his own stuff. It, it, it was good stuff. Love where we are going. Thank you, WWE, for bringing me back on. Thank you. Let's keep it going.
1: Are, are you... Well, before we get out of here, are you happy with what we expect to be Kofi Kingston and Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania?
0: Oh, yeah. Because it's, it's, it's the... It, you got to reward the fans. you got to straight up wreck your own plans to reward the fans. you got to be able to freestyle in the moment, and this shows that, that they're doing that. I mean, and, and as we established last week, it shows something even more. There is no racism here in the World Wrestling <laughs> Federation. We
1: don't allow it. We'll allow it under any circumstances, and that's the bottom line.
0: That is the bottom line because Stone Cold if said he so. Wi-
1: if he wins.
0: Yeah, well, I think just getting there is a victory. And I know there's an argument and a debate in, in that. And it's, a, it's, a, you know, it's, it's a, it becomes just a consolation prize. But just getting to a singles WWE championship match at WrestleMania, yeah, I don't think he has to win. Obviously, if he did win, you get a moment. And if he doesn't win, it's going to look bad that we teased once again that a, african-american wwe star is going to get pushed and then not really and i saw some fun tweets shout out to stack guy greg who who i love from GP. It was like man vince has got to pull kofi out during black history month what's going on here <laughs> love that tweet in in the uh half serious uh, uh jokes behind that but uh, listen to the damn fans get reward well, we had, them
1: give it to we had, the... a great, we had actually a really great conversation with greg about not only about bret hart but about you know, black wrestlers in WWE on a, on a past State of Combat episode. So go find that if you're interested. Really good insight from him and just a good conversation top to bottom. And it plays into this. It play, I think I, I'm almost positive in that conversation we mentioned Kofi Kingston and Biggie, And we're like, what do we see that he doesn't, that Vince doesn't? And maybe it took the fans forcing it and it took Mustafa Ali getting injured. The stroke of pure luck. But we have Kofi Kingston in the spot that at least I have wanted to see him in for – Really, since 2009. I mean, yeah. 10 years, a decade.
0: I can't steal that take from you. You've had it from the beginning, and I'm like, man. I mean, that's like me saying Zack Ryder should climb the ladder and win the IC title. To me, it was crazy. Kofi ain't no Zack Ryder, I, man. He's he's uh, he's much, much different. Hey, did you pop for uh, KO dropping a stunner and Tom Phillips giving a hell yeah? Come on.
1: Loved it. Come on. Not only did I love it, Kevin Owens tweeted Austin. Now, what hap- the, the reason he tweeted Austin um, afterward, after the show, Austin was on his podcast. This is months a year ago who the hell even knows but like the last time owens did the stunner and i think a fan or a guest or someone asked him about owens doing it and he's like i have no problem with it it's great but he need-. you know what it might have he might have even interviewed kevin owens about it and somehow the conversation got to the way owens did it and austin explained to him the kick to the stomach is more important than any other part of the stunner because that's knocking the guy down and it's prefacing the fans to know that a stunner is coming. It's, it's amping up the energy and Owens tweeted at him. He's like, you taught me well, like, thanks a lot. Or I finally got it right or something like that tonight. So it's really cool to see that not only was he doing the move before kind of as an homage to Steve Austin, but he took the tip and lessons that Austin told him. And in his first match back on WWE TV delivered the stunner correctly. I thought that was really cool.
0: Just for a second, just to see how it would feel. And Austin's brought that up on his podcast a lot. That was great to see. And if Babyface KO he can start working that into his his gimmick, and 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 if that becomes look, I you know the pop up power bomb is what it is. I like it, but imagine if he has a stunner. Are you kidding me?
1: Well, I think you can. I think a a good combination would be you do the stunner, and the person doesn't have to fall. They can just flail backwards. You whip him into the ropes, pop up power bomb, and you win. Let me. Ask it's a good setup you, move. Let me ask you this:
0: We've always said or it's been a prevailing theme that's whispered around. People are like, you know, KO's great, but imagine him as a baby face. People always thought that's going to be natural because he can be the sort of diabolical baby face. He can be the dirtbag babyface that the fans cheer when he does things. Is this the guy that can best do the best male in WWE that can best do a poor man's Austin thing? Like, yes, Becky's doing some form of poor man's Austin right now. Ronda had a minute where she was doing a poor man's Austin thing. Are we are we not realizing that K.O. could actually be the the bear drinking dude who can like connect with the fans as the everyman on that level as a baby face? I'm not saying he has to completely rob Austin's Austin's thing right. from this stunner to the catchphrases to the beer. But I could see K.O. drinking beer after a match. Like I could actually see this guy pull this off.
1: Well, I think he can be like the everyman type of character in, in a, the same way that Austin was that you relate to him. But I don't know that he's so anti-authority in that way. And you have to remember what made Steve Austin so great was Mr. McMahon. So he would really need a foil in that regard. And I don't necessarily know who that would be. Trips is now, too much but- of a
0: baby these days.
1: Yeah. And he, don't forget, Trips gave him his first Universal. He gave him the Universal title. All right. Then let, me, let me take
0: this even further. This was an unplanned discussion. What if Shane... Can evolve because I I often ask myself right now Shane's still a performer he's still maybe trying to win his dad's love he's still trying to do backflips off the of cages all right but Shane's gonna be fifty like tomorrow what is Shane from like age fifty two to sixty five gonna look like in terms of what role he brings to the on screen can Shane become Vince after Vince dies? And end up, because <laughs> he can still take crazy bumps, and because he's just as crazy as Vince to put his body through it, can he become, like, the kind of foil? I know he doesn't have the acting chops as dad does, So that, but can exactly. he become that foil for top
1: guys in their prime? I don't know that he speaks as well as Vince does. I think he acts as well as Vince does. I don't know that he speaks as well as Vince does. And you need that. You know, Vince doesn't need the script. Like, That's the thing. You know what I mean? He's the one guy who he writes the script, so he doesn't need that. Whereas Shane, it always feels like he needs the outline. He needs to have those pointers that he really needs to hit home. Um, I think he can play the character. I don't think he would be as successful. I'd really
0: be interested to see what it looks like because, you know, certainly he's played evil sidekick to his dad for a long time and has had some big moments as almost Vince's stooge in a way. But we've really never seen him step forward and be that guy from an evil perspective where he's like running the show. So I, it doesn't seem like he's perfect for that role. But again, one day Vince actually will die unless they can figure out how to freeze his body and keep him alive and maybe where he can still talk while frozen. Who knows? And still book. Who knows? But somebody's going to have to fill that. And while Steph, yes, is a amazing heel, she's not a man. She's not, she's not going to take bumps from people. I don't know if and even though trips, yes, was great as a heel opposite Roman. And I think people forget because of the Roman hate, how good some of that stuff was heading into WrestleMania 32 Dallas main event. Yes. Uh, Mm -hmm. But I think, you know, trips, we want to share trips. We don't want to hate trips. Right. I think we could want to hate Shane. So that's all where I'm going with that.
1: I agree. But I do think trips can could be the quote unquote Mr. McMahon character better than Shane. Clearly, easily.
0: And he's got to stop doing great things behind the scenes that make us want oh. to, you know. Well,
1: Vince was doing great things behind the scenes back then. We just weren't as That's smart true, about it. That's true, but Vince I mean? is a dirtbag, and we could smell that out pretty <laughs> quick. Knew, you always knew Vince was a dirtbag. That's true. BC, that was a long main event, but there's still somehow a lot to talk about this week from Raw and SmackDown. Why don't we go into Hero or Zero. <laughs> All right, so Batista and Kevin Owens, they were not the only surprise returns this week on WWE TV. We also saw the return of Matt Hardy in the second segment Tuesday night on SmackDown, reuniting with his brother Jeff as the Hardy Boys, they came in, defeated the bar. That's two straight losses for the bar. And PW Insider, right on the back of Matt, Matt's return reports that WWE has picked up the third-year option they had on the brothers and that all those tweets from Matt joking about, should he be wwe or elite or something else was all bs just to promote his return so bc was bringing matt and jeff back together as the hardy boys the right move for wwe hero or zero uh hard to say
0: it's hard to say so i i popped for this because i initially had that that weird surprise like everybody like what he's not retired he's back but to see Matt in this good a shape, I did pop. I mean, he must have deleted the carbs or something from his diet because he looked great and he was well tanned and all of that. But you know what? We just went through this run of the nostalgic brothers back. And we only got a little taste of what this uh, Woken Broken Universe could be going from TNA Impact to WWE. If they're gonna go back down that road and actually make that matter using that using the Hardy compound using the extra characters, having that as an out to do some fun things there, then it will matter. But if it's just reunited hardy boys matt hardy three point oh i'm I, I, no it's gonna be it's gonna ultimately be a zero. they're gonna turn into the Dudley Boys from a few years ago where we're just sort of like okay. This is cool, but all they are is jobbing to other people. I'd almost rather have a Jeff Hardy singles run still going because I came completely around. You can go back and listen to the archives. Your boy BC crapping on Jeff Hardy as a singles performer saying, yeah, he did some things in his day, but he wasn't for me. He became for me in the last year. I realized again what we all originally liked about him. So I'm going to give it a slight zero if we don't get woke soon.
1: Yeah, I'm going to stick with the hero here because honestly, I was the exact opposite on Jeff Hardy. Now, he did have the good feud with Randy Orton, no doubt about it, and he was good in the Elimination Chamber, but I was so bored when I saw Jeff Hardy in singles matches. It was like, I've seen this. I know the repertoire. Okay, like you're not going to win the title. There's other guys that need to get pushed instead of you. It's weird they reunited them as a tag team on SmackDown, which does not need more quality tag teams. but. We're on the road to WrestleMania. In my opinion, this is alluding to a Hardy Boys-Usos match at WrestleMania, which is a great SmackDown tag team match. You're going to have New Day involved with Kofi in the WWE title. The bar is on a losing streak. Okay, they can be in the Battle Royal. They don't necessarily have to have a match. That's okay. But Hardy Boys-Usos, man, that could be a fantastic WrestleMania tag team match. And just because they're the Hardy Boys – doesn't mean that they can't be the woken Hardy boys. You have to remember when Matt turned woken, Jeff was occasionally playing the Brother Nero role, not only in the stuff on WWE Network and and the Ultimate Deletion or whatever they called it at the end of Raw, you saw Jeff in those situations. Um but even his character with the face paint, he's not the normal regular Jeff Hardy that we've been used to for so long. So for me, I think they're going to kind of stick with the woken stuff. The other thing you have to remember is Bray Wyatt, they had that gimmick going with Bray Wyatt and Matt, Bray got hurt, Matt was hurt, so it was just a natural stopping point for it, they didn't, I don't think mean for that to happen, that ultimate deletion or whatever that was called again, did really well on Raw, people loved it, they did a House Hardy special on WWE Network, I believe they filmed another special already for WWE Network, so I think they're sticking with the gimmick, and because of that, it's a total hero for me. Do, do the Hardy does Jeff does Matt own this? Does Matt own all this? He completely owns it. The characters, everything. The I names I mean
0: to bring every conversation back to those three letters, Adam, that you hate. All right? I don't mean to. But what if after this year is done the Hardys wanna go indie? They wanna, they go, could. They they could wanna go, go to A to they AEW. could go not to
1: indie, but they could go to AEW. Could they very you well imagine could
0: imagine connecting the the, the Broken universe with the being the elite and and met you know and there's some running jokes on being the elite that that are pretty funny and you can do fun things with and involving Matt Hardy's like freestyle ability like now we're seeing you know we the woken version of Matt Hardy ne- they never really gave him the full I mean I'll give him credit for going to the going to the compound and doing a little bit of it and it was good it was good for WWE style I'll give him that credit but obviously they never let him just just take off that's that's a potential game changer for AEW. I know they're trying to do a little bit of everything for everybody, and if they have that in their arsenal, if they could have like an, a full giant and I don't even know if they want that. I'm not trying to speak for them. But I'm saying that's something that's so different and unique that nobody else is doing that could stand out and could be could could make Brandy have to ask you this question, Adam. I'm all in. Are you all in, Brian? Oh come on. I'm I'm, I'm oh, one oh, of
1: the Randy, leaders yeah. of Oh my god. Oh my god, Brandy, yeah. Uh I, I you think I, I both agree. Wrestling? I both agree and disagree with you because I do think having something like that on their programming would be good and unique, right? Except here's the thing. It's already been done in TNA, and it's already been done in WWE. And if we're being honest, a lot of what was done in WWE was quite repetitive from what was done in TNA. So then what are you gonna do? Rehash it a third time for AEW? You would what you would want is Matt Hardy to conceptualize something else brand new and bring it in you wouldn't want him repeating the same characters and gimmick you want something fresh so i think matt and jeff hardy as a as a team would be the type of veterans that you would want in aew both from a backstage standpoint and an on-screen standpoint but i don't necessarily think the woken universe would be a game changer for them because again it's existed for so long now and it's been repeated twice there's what what's he gonna? What yeah, else is he gonna do? He's, he already surface. has these pets. He's not gonna go get a zebra and add him to the collection and, and give him a name. I'm just and, saying they can do a you know? lot
0: there. So it'd just be interesting. All right, Hero Zero. He can also two. wait.
1: To be fair, they can also let's be honest, do a lot with WWE that appears ready to give him a commitment for something on the WWE network that's repetitive in this universe. So we don't know what WWE is going to do with it.
0: They got a chance to do something fun. Hero Zero Number Two, your girl. Ronda Rousey, the natural-born killer. Roundy Rousey of this fame. You are so hypersensitive. You're not just the man. You are the millennial man. That lady, that lady, who's, <laughs> had, who's had her ups and downs lately, came back this week, laid down the Raw Women's title in what she called a damn belt. Thank you, Ronda, at the feet of Steph McMahon, called Becky lynch ginger douche yeah Becky Lynch gets arrested mayhem ensues the most important feud currently going in WWE took a step forward but Adam hero or zero to both Becky's arrest and Rousey's promo
1: deliveries yeah during Monday night it's so weird because I I will pick a side on both but I'm really truly split on them because the arrest you saw coming Right. You you knew it was going to happen. It was so Austin esque, And they're really just going into the bank on on like, what did we do with Austin on on his big pushes? How can we replicate those with Becky Lynch to the point that, you know, may have been funny, may not have been. I tweeted out here. Here's here's how Raw is going to end. A picture of Becky Lynch standing on top of a Guinness truck. I half expected that to happen at Ric Flair's celebration. She comes down in an ATV, puts Ric Flair in the disarmer. Right. Taps him out. Vince comes running out. Triple H pulls her off, gets upset. That's what I expected, right? Instead she goes to jail and never comes back, which in reality is how it should happen because you don't get out of jail late at night. You you stay until the next morning. Um so I guess with the arrest, I was okay with it. I'll give that a hero because they actually played it properly. And Becky did look like a bit of a badass, screaming like you're arresting the wrong person. They're the ones stealing from me. Pretty damn good line. I like when her voice gets high pitched and cracks. She sold it well, right? So I felt it was repetitive, but It worked hero. The thing with Rousey, there were so many good elements, but it's the same damn issue. And I'll say it one, hopefully last time, too many words and talking too fast, fewer words, shorter promos, and take your time. I liked her calling Becky a ginger douche. I loved her saying belt in Stephanie's face as a jab spitting right in Vince's face Calling the thing a belt, that was awesome. Laying it down, pretty cool. Although it, there's this air of ambiguity of what's going to happen with the title now as we move into next week's Raw, Fastlane, and going forward. So I thought the segment was good, but I thought she was a D plus C minus on the mic. So I guess that's a zero. I don't know. I don't know how to answer I don't know. that. Oh, it's a massive
0: zero, that part. I mean, look, she dropped a bomb in the worst part. Like she just. Like, the wheels fell off at the worst possible moment. And by the way, how does Raw not protect her in the fact that they came back from commercial and they were like, you know, in case you missed it, and they played her Bumble. They didn't edit it until until Tuesday night when they played a package and they edited it very, very Ridiculous. intelligently. To not edit that right away and show her again, go, uh, uh, Vince, uh, 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 you know, like, look, that that's just a really bad spot to drop that. And the problem was, yes, she had done so good in that promo heading in. Her facials were not bad. But, I mean, we, we've done the game before of who you blame, chicken and egg. Her, does she have too much ability, just too much, uh, you know, credence to write what she wants? Is it WWE's fault? Either way, however you're going to blame it, it was another giant step backwards. I do want to give her credit for calling it a belt. That was one of the better moments of the year. I popped huge for that. Knowing that they wrote it in as a sort of ironic, uh, you know, shout back to Vince and, and shout out to Becky for then tweeting it along with her mug pictures later in the evening. But um, yeah, a lot to digest here. Look, they go back to the. But do you agree?
1: Wait, so I I know you thought the promo was bad, and I, I don't really disagree with you on that. But I liked the concept. Yeah, I liked the concept what was said. Great, I like the storyline. Is what I'm you saying. You can't
0: come back from bungling it that bad, especially when you have a reputation. For for sucking right now that we're waiting for her, we're we're just waiting for her to have a misstep, right? And that was a big
1: misstep. But what I'm saying is the storyline of segment. the storyline of her, but the storyline of her saying "shove it, Vince," which is basically what it was, and really all she needed to say. But that storyline again, we have to we have to just to to, to discuss the storyline separate from the bungling, the promo. And it's true, the promo was terrible. Like it wasn't very good. Okay, she had some good lines, but in the totality, it was not good. Okay. But the storyline direction they're going with it, I thought was at least unique and different and continues telling this story where Ronda, who they're trying to put in this tweener role of between face Becky and heel Charlotte, is saying, look, you're not listening to me. I'm supposed to have clout around here. I'm the Raw Women's Champion. I've beaten everyone you've put in front of me. I want Becky Lynch. And if you're not going to give her to me, then this belt doesn't mean crap dropping it down, calling it a belt, shoving it in Vince's face. For her to show that type of aggression, even though she may not have put it across great, the point was made, and it put it took the storyline with that and Becky's arrest and Charlotte, Charlotte's promo, which was pretty damn good on Tuesday night. It's trying to repair the damage oh, that WWE did by overbooking this.
0: It's not just trying to repair it. It's some brilliant stuff there. I mean, the interplay between Steph saying... Uh, Steph kind of just reinforcing a lot of the things about what she's not... I forgot about the point I was going to make. It involved Vince there. But the the, the back-and-forth between Steph and, and uh, Ronda and that what I thought was fantastic. It's just... It just I mean, it always goes back to this. I really can't wait to show the man how it's really done. You just can't have a main eventer bungling it like that. I liked everything about that storyline. I really liked Charlotte's promo on Tuesday, how they could extend that storyline in a new direction without having to have a run and an attack. The whole idea, though, of this question is the hero or zero on the way things happen. They go back to the arrest way too often. They, they, they like way too often. Remember when, when Vince, they just
1: did it with Roman?
0: I know. And Vince just got it's not that long ago that Vince got arrested and they made that T-shirt that a lot of people like. Like, it's just way too often lately. I still think the, the break apart of their brawl w- was was so good that it overcame that. I mean, Rousey was really good during that. As Finley's like tackling her to the ground. She's trying anything to break loose. That intensity sold it. The writing was great. Back and forth with Steph was great. She tweening her, like you said, between heel and babyface, which reminds you rightfully so of how opposed she was to Steph when she first came to WWE, all of that great. But man, you can't, you just, you can't yeah. blow it like that. The, so
1: the problem, the problem is her physicality, her ceilings an a plus and her floor is a B plus, which is unbelievable for a rookie. But promo wise, her floor is an F and her ceiling is like a B minus if everything is perfect and it's one line and out, right? So she just doesn't have the high ceiling on promos to be comfortable enough to stand toe-to-toe with Stephanie, who by the you may don't you may not like Steph real life or kayfabe, but she's one of the best promos WWE has. She can't go toe-to-toe with Stephanie in the ring one-on-one in like a fighting stance or one foot's in front of the other the entire time and she's bungling her words. You got to present her better and you got to help her present herself better.
0: Yeah. And look, I, I think they need to be careful moving forward on, on how much they go back to the well on like Lynch jumping in from the crowd. Like it's gotten a little bit repetitive on that end. I, I want them to be careful on that. I, I just overall, it's like even if Rousey could just get to the level where Roman was two, three years ago, remember, remember when he wasn't to the you know, I thought, look, if we we're being honest, the Cena feud took Roman to a new level on the mic. It, it gave it, gained, as, it,
1: as it was meant to, by the way.
0: Yeah. Before that, there were still hit or miss moments where you're like, OK. What they wrote was good. He delivered it just sort of average to not believable. If she falls into that strike zone, it's going to be fine. She just cannot have any more where the wheels fall off and we're all tweeting each other laughing. Like, it's, we got to get away from that. Everything else has been pretty smart, excited to see where it goes. We got to roll on.
1: We do. I just want to say one more thing. They accomplished on Tuesday night getting me excited for Raw this week because what Charlotte basically said is I'm coming to Raw and Vince is going to crown me the new Raw women's champion. And I am now interested to see, well, does that actually happen? Because it's feasible and it would still keep the storyline intact. Does Rousey come in and and swipe the title back? Does Lynch do something? So I'm actually excited to see that particular segment on Raw because Charlotte was so good on the mic Tuesday night and people give Charlotte crap for being monotone and talking very slow when she delivers her promos. But I like it and I, I'm juiced. So, oh my God, Charlotte is, is working on such
0: an amazingly high level that I hope people realize. I really do because Becky's so great right now and Rousey's so hit or miss and always gives us things to talk about that we need to always make sure we remind everybody that Charlotte's doing the be- look, the best in ring run of Charlotte's career was 2016 against Sasha. It was incredible. This is though is the best run of Sasha of, of Charlotte's entire career because what she's doing on the microphone is incredible and that's an interesting wrinkle what if vince just puts the belt what if the the end game is putting title. the raw belt belt title belt title uh
1: up to grabs
0: for the three of them at wrestlemania isn't that the best that's
1: something that's something else too but then again you have becky winning what's almost a vacant title as opposed to beating rousey for her title who rousey has now beat everyone i think except natalia no she beat natalia too i think she's beaten everyone on the raw women's roster so the whole point is you put Becky over as champion by having her beat the woman who's been unbeaten That's the whole point. So I don't know. I, I, I think ultimately Rhonda needs to go into WrestleMania with the championship. I think Rousey needs sure.
0: to, uh, I know she could go away and that might be the plan for her to go get, try to get pregnant and all that. No matter what happens, I think they should give her a, an extended break after mania so that we can recover a love for her. And when she
1: does come back, it'll feel special. Yeah, listen, if she goes away for a calendar year and you don't know how pregnancy is going to work. Calendar.
0: I'm just saying let's not see her again
1: for like three months. Oh, I agree. I don't think she should be on Raw the next Monday I, if she loses the title. I totally agree. Uh, but my point is, you know, again, you don't know how pregnancy is going to work, right? You don't know that she's going to get pregnant right away, then nine months, then three months recovery, and then is able to come back. You don't know how it's going to work. But if we didn't see her again until WrestleMania 36, I'd be fine with that. Uh, As you know, because I'm I'm confident that the main event of Mania 35 is going to be their match and it's going to be great. So that's totally fine with me. All right. BC, more hero or zero to go. The Revival won the Raw Tag Team Championships three weeks ago. The last two weeks, they have lost clean and non-title matches to pairs of NXT superstars that have come to Raw to hang out, I guess. Are you okay with that booking, hero or zero? No, no. It's a. It's like it's it's like
0: look. I don't want to harp on this and do a big complain job here because overall things are so much better than they were that we should just enjoy where we are. But this is in some ways why we can't have nice things because it doesn't make sense. I've always been Adam. I've always said this from the very beginning that you that you should never have your t- your champion lose a non-title match because it devalues them. Ever. I'm, I'm going to give you an asterisk in a second. But okay. for the most part, the working strategy should be never. Because it devalues the their their competency as a champion. There are rare times when you have somebody get an upset win that gives them a title shot because of it, and then they don't go over the top and get it, and they get crushed, and then sort of like, okay. Like, there are times when you do it rare. The problem is WWE does it constantly. They, they I mean, it's just like... All the damn time. They almost do it as much as they have TV matches end by somebody predictably running in, and then there's a DQ finish, and then somebody else from the other side runs in. Like, it's just, it's becoming way too much to see this happen to Revival right when they get this push, which, whether you believe it or not, feels like an anti AEW push to make sure that they're happy. It's it's dumb in theory. No matter who's beating them, it's it's dumb. It, look, unless this is the B team, and the whole thing is that they're just barely hanging on to the title, and they're winning with smoke and mirrors, and they're going to constantly lose. Uh, non-title matches are stupid. Having your champion lose non-title matches are stupid. Yet I don't know whether I hate the idea that it's Vel- that it's. Uh, I'm sorry, Alistair Black and Ricochet going over because they look so good going over. The matches they've had have been so much fun. They are now getting pushed at such clear superstars that I feel like this can be a hero if it ends with the two of them having a legitimate WrestleMania feud in a match. Because what else are you doing? You're if you're if that's not the end game here and in the end game also isn't what we got trapped last week, heading into the NXT episode, thinking that this major announcement was going to be a major announcement and not the damn Dusty Rhodes Classic we need to Tournament. Talk, we need to
1: talk about We need back. to talk about
0: that. Uh, yeah, we got sucked in the Mark Zone partially, willingly, because of the timing of our show. We had to cover all of our bases and, and hit what it could be. And, of course, we got optimistic and excited the fact the something that you mentioned, I'll give you credit, that every time we do see. Oh, Alistair
1: finally. Black, That's nice.
0: That every time we do see <laughs> Alistair Black on the TV, they still do the NXT lower third. So that is sort of showing you that, that this whole process is to push NXT. So there's still an unanswered question in there. But if you're asking me at the core of my question is about the revival losing. No, this sucks. This again shows you that Vince doesn't care about them or even worse, that Vince doesn't care about protecting his champions, which you should do.
1: Yeah, it's rough because if it happened one time with DIY beating them, which it did. And then you gave them a title match at Fastlane and you had Revival go over. Okay, I'm fine with that. But now you've had them lose to two different sets of NXT tag teams when and yes, I understand there is a drastic lack there's basically no other heel tag team on Raw. But you could have put like Rezar or Akam, I forgot which one's injured, but that guy with another heel and had them fight these guys and let them go over. You didn't have to give them the raw tag team champions. Give so unless them you're... the
0: ascension, let's be honest, just give them the Yeah, no, ascension. but they're not good
1: enough. No, they're not good enough. You want to put these guys they need real opponents. They need real competition, right? So unless you're going to do a triple threat match at Fastlane with both uh NXT teams and Revival and you have Revival win, then I don't know exactly what they're doing and all it's done is devalue their tag team title win, which Fans were into because they know they're a good tag team and they're trying to legitimately revitalize the tag team division. The thing is, and I, I have this stuck in my head, BC, I think they're going to lose the titles at WrestleMania to Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins. I just do. And maybe they win him back Monday and whatever, but I think they're going to make a moment of Kurt Hawkins' first win and after losing 300 straight or whatever. So if you're going to do that, you can't have them keep losing going into that match or going into whoever they face. You need to put them over strong as champions just like you said. I uh, listen, uh, I understand people did tweet at me and they're like, "Look, you got to showcase these guys as strong. They need to beat a, beat a good team." That's true. I la- I, I laid out for you how that could have happened. They could have put two heel singles people together. They could have put Elias and Bobby Lashley together and let them beat them. It didn't have to if be the, Revival, the Raw Tag Team Champions. How do you Zero. have
0: any confidence that you're ever going to get a real push? Even as champions, they just devalued your championship belts. So, Fitals. Also, yeah. let's not forget on, on that Raw 25 episode that sucked the horn, the Revival were chosen to take all those finishers in a row from DX. Yeah, anyone that, that was tries to argue ago. that that's an honor, it's not an honor. That looked like a bad gangbang in the ring. That looked bad. That whole in ring sequence was bad. The revival got, got ribbed doing that. It, it just sucked. And they've done nothing since then outside of winning the championships and then now going nowhere. Hey, just like I tell Ferg every once in a while on the show.
1: Don't be afraid to cross the street. Listen. Alright. want to talk you know, we don't really have a spot here to talk about Ferg, your boy. I thought that was one of his best moments on WWE TV Monday night. I thought he was fantastic on the mic.
0: You're talking about opposite Alexa Bliss who's doing this full Yes,
1: on The whole segment, opposite character. Alexa Bliss and opposite Leo Rush. Oh, it's great. It's great. He great got stuff. to show some attitude. It was really cool. He went into the ring, looked like a damn superstar. The crowd was all behind him because it was in Atlanta, not Lafayette, Louisiana. They actually cared about the moment. Alexa Bliss is out there dropping some Attitude Era TV 13, TV 13, TV insinuations about his abs and maybe she'll show him something dude he was awesome she was awesome that segment was awesome. Yeah, her and her husband, when I think about them. From
0: the moment we saw him, we thought, sex.
1: And I'm th- I think
0: the same thing, I think, about his wife. I just
1: him. love that that's the clip, and Sasha's in the background barking the yes. entire time. It's so funny. I love By that By the way, so my
0: wife walks, every time my wife walks in on Raw, there's a women's match. It's just, like, it's just, like, it's, it's just the way it is, right? Like, if she's going to walk down the stairs, uh, and they come back from commercial, I'm like, women's match coming, there it is. And now, now her new thing is to go, is that is that the, the 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 girl in lingerie over there that you named her dog after? So yeah, yeah, she's not happy about this great <laughs> reveal. Yeah, she doesn't
1: know who Sasha's named after, like what she looks like.
0: Uh, not that well, no. So uh, okay. yeah,
1: is there any resemblance between your dog and Sasha? Banks? That's the that's the that is one of the worst things that you've ever said on this podcast.
0: <laughs> what a, what a damn insult! To both, I don't know. To both no sides I, dogs are cute, man. I don't know what she looks like. All Hit me right. with the next one. All right, let's let's move on. Sorry, the revival. There is room for you over in the revolution. Thank you, Uh, Adam. Last week on NXT, (laughs) Johnny Gargano lost, and Velveteen Dream became the new NXT North American champion. Uh, How does this play into Hero Zero on your hopes for NXT TakeOver Mania this year? And is this title change a good or bad thing as we head in there, because we don't really know what's happening for these four big name NXT guys who have been all over main roster
1: TV lately. So it's an absolute positively masterful hero. Um, It accomplishes two things. One gets the title off Gargano, so he's free to challenge Tommaso Ciampa for the NXT title at TakeOver New York, right? And we do not read, or at least I don't, I do not read NXT taping spoilers. I have no idea what the card looks like. My assumption is we are getting the payoff of this feud with Johnny turning further back face, facing his de- his main demon in Champa, and eventually going over in that main event. It would be an epic moment. It's what we all want. He can't do that as NXT North American champion. So you say, okay, why did he win the title in the first place? That's the one thing I can't answer for you, because Dream could have easily played heel against Ricochet, gotten his rematch there, beaten Ricochet, which is... Just as good, really, as beating Johnny Gargano in NXT, maybe slightly less, um, and gone on from there. So I don't know why they had the title change. I don't know why they had a sudden title change right after it. I don't normally like those things. I don't like when titles change hands on first defenses, right? Which is why I hate what the, their booking of Sasha Banks, because she's never had a, title, a successful title defense her entire WWE main roster career. Okay, I digress. Getting back to it. We have this match at NXT TakeOver New York that I'm expecting... And now we've elevated Velveteen Dream, I think he's 23, whatever he is, with his first title, an important title, it's not a tag team championship, it's nothing like that. It's a singles title, he's going to be able to go on a run, face an awesome opponent. I don't know who it's going to be. Do I hear Matt Riddle? Keith Lee? I mean, let's go. Like, let's get this guy someone where magic is going to be made. Now you have two huge, awesome matches at NXT TakeOver
0: New York. Give him Bugenhagen now. That's what I'm talking (laughs)
1: about. Um, Yeah, look, I'm
0: very confused about NXT, and this this extends over to what we teased in the last question. Um, You failed us this week, WWE and NXT, last week. I'm sorry, last Wednesday. And yeah, yeah, uh, you know, I got caught in the mark zone, caught in the optimistic zone. But I can't believe, I'm not going to let myself believe that, Revealing the Dusty Classic was their only plan from the beginning. Like, there's still on, so many unanswered questions about why these four guys got called up and why why two of them are still getting monster pushes and what this means for WrestleMania and whether this was some kind of tryout for for the future of whether NXT's coming to regular TV or not or what the hell's going on here. And then they tease this giant announcement. I think they tease this giant announcement to to test the waters of the reaction. And then maybe it wasn't time. I can't really figure out why Wednesday was such a wow, wow. But it was a it was a CTs. This was a massive tease from your boys at yeah. WWE. And it, no, I'm, I don't appreciate it. It didn't feel good to find that out afterwards. Uh, it, it It was very disappointing. Hey, WWE. Take a shower. Hit the weights. Get a clue. Don't do that! Don't do that to me! Don't do that! I know what's I know what the steak tastes like. I know how good NXT is. Don't tease me! Don't toy with me! But are they delaying it? Are they
1: do like this? Don't, but don't don't work don't work yourself up into this frenzy, though, man. The announcement said big announcement. The superstars backstage have no idea what's going on. Everyone's on pins and needles, and NXT is going to be running wild. Oh, don't don't so you
0: dare blame me! Don't you? How they, they
1: no no. What I'm saying is they built it up to such a level that you and I had no choice oh, yeah. but to think. And maybe we would have been wrong with this concoction of FS1 TV deal whole situation. Maybe we would have been, right? That's fine. But they teased the big announcement. The Dusty Rhodes Classic, I love you, Dusty Rhodes, but the Dusty Rhodes Classic coming back for the third time is not a big announcement that's shaking the ground of NXT when when they've already had it twice and they did the exact same thing leading into TakeOver, I think, last year or two years ago, right? So... It's not our fault for getting ramped up. It's their fault. And the segment that they taped announcing the Dusty Road Classic with Morrow and and the announcers, there was a TV taping that night at Full Sail. So they took that announcement and inserted it into a taped show. And it fell flat and it was BS. So, uh, no, BC, I don't think there was another announcement. I think it was all BS. Were they and waiting I was about it.
0: Wednesday night to hear the Raw and SmackDown ratings? Is that possible that they were waiting Wednesday to get the ratings back and then they looked at? They got they them. Went...
1: They were huge. They knew they were good.
0: Something's coming. You can't tell me that. Some... Like, do you feel like Ricochet and Alistair Black are now main roster guys and will be main no. roster guys heading into Mania? Then no. this, this something's coming. Unless it's just Vince going. Why don't we? publicize nxt enough i i feel like dude this is connected to something this fall it has to be why else would you do this it should
1: be but again on wednesday night last week we got played period and i didn't appreciate it i didn't like it it didn't feel good as you said but bc you also haven't given an answer to the question hold on we didn't get played
0: Congratulations. You played yourself. You played yourself WWE cuz I'll just stop yeah. watching. I'll just shut this damn podcast <laughs> down. I'll go Red and Black Wolf Pack Attack podcast. The last and- thing
1: the last thing you and I are doing We're stopping watching the next day. Okay. <sighs> Not when um, you get Budenhagen coming out with air guitar and, and exciting you. Look,
0: it's hard Not- for me to give a Hero or Zero answer to that. Like, yeah, I want Dream with the big ass belt, and I want him to be in major feuds that matter. Right. I just have a little bit of fears that this TakeOver Mania thing won't be massive like it should be because of. Are you kidding on. me? Because- really,
1: BC? All the, the last two takeovers you and I have been to on WrestleMania weekend. You don't I'm, think this one's going to be I'm great? I'm
0: confused. I'm still not over Gargano and Champa going up to the main roster, acting like baby faces. They didn't Beating act like the damn faces. bar cleanly, and like, don't ruin the payout. dude. This is the potential greatest story ever told.
1: Don't ruin it. And they I'm, didn't I'm act. Fearful. First of all, they did not act like faces, and second of all, they were not on WWE TV this week
0: because I think they heard they heard how angry we are. They know how how don't, don't touch. Vince do not go near this do not touch it see this is where trips and we don't know the dynamics backstage this is where trips needs to knock on the door of the mansion and go I'm sorry Vince you're not messing with what I'm doing down there you're not you're just not doing it over my dead body
1: so here is what I was alluding to BC early in the show the final part of hero zero tonight Bruce Pritchard has reportedly returned to his old position with WWE and he started or restarted that job ahead of Raw on Monday night. Now, we just had five hours of WWE TV that you and I straight up loved. Is this shifting creative due to his influence or not? Hero or zero? Timing is everything. Timing is everything. Yeah, probably.
0: I mean... I heard you, brother Love. Uh, no yeah. No Bruce, no Bruce. We love you if you had any hand in this. Yeah, hero, probably. It makes sense. If this thing leaked out there, it's not like they're gonna wait two, three weeks. This could be a giant reveal, and I don't want to overstate it, but when you read the dirt reports, and believe me, I'm trying to stay out of the dirt as much as I can until April 7th, and maybe moving forward completely from your guy, D-Meltz, your guy, by the way, your guy, because I got a revolution with my guy to get excited for. Are you guys ready for yes, a Yes, Conrad, I'm ready. Um, this is massive. <sighs> to bring Conrad's boy, Bruce Pritch into the, Bruce Pritchard, into the mix here, like... Dude, we know what he's about. He was like anything that ever good happened. It was Bruce sitting by the pool with Pet Petterson and Vince making it happen. <laughs> this is brilliant. This is yes.
1: And that it, mother bleeper.
0: Yeah, it's time, guys. Yeah. The, the It's it, whether you believe in the competition of AEW or not. It's a big time this calendar year for WWE just with the launch of SmackDown on Friday nights on regular Fox. There's going to be some form of competition between NBC Universal and Raw and Fox and SmackDown for ratings that it's time to put your best foot forward. It's time for them to to capitalize on these giant deals that they're getting. Go for it WWE. This is the right move. Yes, Monday and Tuesday were great. Whoever was booking it before, stop that crap. Stop it. Okay? In Trips we trust, and in Bruce Pritchard we trust, because he seems like from if you've listened to enough of Bruce's podcast that he's one of the rare guys who can tell Vince how it is. There's not well, enough
1: That's,
0: not that's enough the of thing.
1: Them. That's the thing. So I don't know that I give him credit for the five hours of greatness that we saw this week. All right? Because that's a lot to put on one guy's plate. Even if Vince said to him, Hey, you got two weeks to get this right, we're gonna throw out a bunch of crap. Uh, in Lafayette no well actually it wasn't crap the crowd treated it bad but we're going to throw out a bunch of stuff we don't really know what we're doing this is what we're going to do though you come fix it Monday night in Atlanta right start off there I don't necessarily necessarily believe that this is all credit belongs to Bruce here but there are things that I saw on Monday and Tuesday night and you can tell me it wasn't him people can report and correct me I don't know that felt like him the Dean Ambrose Elias segment that felt like Bruce Pritchard the Alexa Bliss Finn Balor segment with Leo Rush speaking the way Leo Rush did with Bobby Lashley backstage that felt like Bruce Pritchard and the change of putting Kofi Kingston, we think in the, in the WWE championship match at WrestleMania and making the change with Kevin Owens feels like Bruce Pritchard said to Vince, what the hell are you doing staying on this path? Don't you see this guy is red hot? So I'm not going to give him credit for everything, and I may have just given him credit for three things he had nothing to do with. It. I don't know. What I'm going to tell you though, the shows, in addition to being booked better, felt different, and I will give him credit for that. hero. All
0: right. Wow. I feel like uh, I feel like we're just bringing. It. I got to start drinking coffee more often late at night. Um, we want to close this week as we always close by putting our hands right. Right deep in the middle of that thing, right in the damn hole, right in the spot to feel it up. Adam, what popped you this week outside of all the big ones from Roman to Kofi Mania to Rousey's ginger douche? What else popped (laughs) you this week?
1: Uh, You know, we spoke about so much and it really was the Velveteen Dream, you know, Gargano match. That was really damn good for a TV match. But. We talked about everything already. So really, the only thing was tonight. This is Tuesday night. We're taping this on SmackDown. You have Shinsuke Nakamura running at Alistair Black with Kinshasa. He counters it with Black Mass. I stood up and go, holy bleep. That was awesome. Great move. Great end to a match. Nakamura and Alistair Black in the same ring is awesome. Total feel spot activated right there. I'm going to give one criticism, though, on Alistair Black. Forget last week. I gave him a lot of crap for calling him moody and all that BS, right? They have Aleister Black do his entrance. On NXT, they use a platform that begins below his shoulders. So it looks like he's rising from the dead. And it's a really cool moment with smoke all around him. And it's a cool gimmick. On Raw, they have one that goes past his head. So you see he's being helped up by this platform. It doesn't look nearly as cool. It actually kind of ruins the mystique of the guy. You got to cut that thing in half. You got to fix it. Zero on that.
0: Yeah, uh, that Black Mass was fantastic. As was his on uh, Monday night. Uh, like everyone, he's hitting. Look, I I don't have to steal anybody's take. I gave this take originally. This Black Mass has the potential to be one of the all time great finishing moves. And we've you know you mentioned on here that RKO is your favorite, and that's also one that's hard to argue against. Although, look, I'm an old school Jake Roberts DDT guy. I'm an old school Bad News Brown Ghetto Blaster guy. Although I don't know how much they like kicking into the back of the head outside of Seth Rollins' stomp. Uh, I will say this though. He's got a chance to make that so special because it's a sudden move. It's stiff. It looks like a real MMA type move. By the way, shout out to Andrade this week with the spinning back fist on Rey Mysterio that looked pretty damn stiff. So yeah, I popped for all of that. If he can make that move a thing, you can just pull out of nowhere. He's gonna. It's just he's gonna be so much more believable. In, oh, in out of no- out of
1: nowhere, like the RKO.
0: It's, yeah. it's 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 this 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 could contend with the RKO. This could be a thing here. But my feel spot this week is also from SmackDown, and it's just great to see R Truth back out there. It's great to see him as a champion. The entire stretch of not only that really good match I just referenced with Andrade and Rey Mysterio, but R Truth was just classic R Truth in the beginning, shouting out to John Cena. What would John Cena do? All that stuff. Carmella really funny next to him, popping me left and right, love me some R Truth. That's what I look I've interviewed. I've been th- blessed, uh, blessed if that's the right word, to interview almost everybody in the past two and a half, three years with WWE that I ever would have wanted to. Right from like Gene Okerlund to Shawn Michaels to friggin' old man Bret Hart to everyone uh, except for Vince. Basically, trips a million times and Flair, uh, Flair, i interviewed and Flair.
1: Sting. I mean, like oh, you did. Uh, yeah. You got
0: flair? When, when did we get flair? I did a big feature for ESPN on Charlotte right uh, in 2016 on, on oh. uh, right at the beginning of that uh, Sasha Banks feud basically kind of putting out there that Charlotte you know we could have the best male of all time and the best female in the same family and uh, although Rick's cool. hard to pin down he was fantastic he did cry during the interview
1: we um, did pin him down at uh, well <laughs> it sounds weird but at that Wrestlemania hotel a little bit
0: oh yeah oh yeah he, he was <laughs> styling and profiling there pre pre-injury but uh yeah man I gotta get our truth. You know he's Roman reigns his, uh road dog uh, sidekick on the road i mean there's there's a lot of great stuff to talk about that popped me this week uh hey, uh pop yourself for the honky talk man. make sure to check out that bonus pod interview this week. Honky brought it he went old school he really really broke down what, what this means to him what's a why he was a great heel all that good stuff the origin of his character. Happy to see Wayne Ferris getting the call to the hall despite his up and down run with WWE outside the damn ring over the past couple decades. Anything else you want to sell or announce or get people fired up for Adam?
1: Yeah, you know a couple things. I did get your tweets about our little tease uh about some potential merch. Working on it, no guarantees, we will see what happens, but Silver King is on the case. And a little bit of a preview for next week's show. Obviously, we will be previewing WWE Fastlane. If BC and I have the time, depending what happens on Raw and SmackDown, we've been planning to book the damn territory for WrestleMania 35, might be able to do that before the go home pay-per-view. And then we may very possibly have a special interview episode. I don't even know if BC knows about this next week. That would be a separate episode. Um, Big name. I'm trying to get hoping to lock it up, hoping that some plans changing recently doesn't affect that, but we'll see. Maybe two big episodes of the SoC next week.
0: Wow. Wow. That's a big sell for merch. I was thinking, remember in WrestleMania three, when Brutus Beefcake turned uh, babyface and he had those giant ass clippers that he tried to use to cut Adrian Adonis's hair and he had the, the red and white barber uh, jams on there. Maybe we should sell uh, hedge clippers that say I never hedged on one side and Silver King on the other. What do you think?
1: Yeah. I mean that that's actually some decent merch there.
0: Yeah, people can actually use that. They can use that right. on a regular basis and try right. out of the state you of You could product. actually product. you would actually be able
1: to utilize it as opposed to just wearing
0: it around. Yeah. That'd be All cool. right. um I need uh Ring of Honor and uh, NJPW to start announcing some stuff. I know there's two matches already <laughs> right? on the docket right? for that uh, that uh, super card ring of MSG card, you know the one I'm talking are about. Are we
1: are we gonna go to that show? Uh Depends on what they're
0: going to announce soon. I know we're getting Jay White against the winner of the New Japan Cup. I know we're getting the uh, the, the Tongans against somebody else, but uh, it's time. It's time. Oh, yeah.
1: Two. Jay White and the Tongans. Those are the ones getting me to oh, buy that's tickets. That's what I'm
0: saying, because if they don't bring it, I'm going to be at the Hall of Fame. And then I'm going to be at our typical landing spot, which is mingling and whining and dining next to some WWE superstars Uh,
1: at an undisclosed location.
0: Yes, I'm going to be living up the life because, you know, there's only so much wrestling I could be involved with in a weekend and WrestleMania weekend for as amazing as it is. uh,
1: It's an endurance event. It is. And I think our coverage plans for WrestleMania this year, from what I've heard, are going to extend way beyond what they have the last two years. Silver King takes New York in a major way, and I'm trying to produce some big interviews for BC to get on this podcast and on CBS Sports HQ. No guarantees, but doing my best. I am excited about WrestleMania weekend. It's coming up. I haven't been to New York in a long time, BC. Going for a full week of vacation before our full week of work, and I'm jacked up for it. Wow, this guy's
0: fired up. This guy's going to do some damage out there in Manhattan. Believe it. And Brooklyn and Jersey and beyond. Uh yeah, so we're we're gonna we're gonna do some stuff. So what was I gonna say about WrestleMania weekend? Dude, i the caffeine has run out. That means it's time <laughs> to end the show. It's just about time to say goodbye. A has been to the I hit that button because man, I feel like the NJPW part of our life has closed. I feel like the door has closed. It was a glorious two years.
1: What a Look, run. If, if we're breaking the fourth wall, I canceled my subscription. I just did because I care about the G1. I care about Dominion and Wrestle Kingdom. I mean, three months ago,
0: would I have said, yeah, probably don't I'm not really into this uh, super card unless they uh, wow me. No, I would have been like, no, this is the revolution. This is the damn front line. But no, the the, the, the armies have changed, uh, has changed clothes and uh, it's now an AEW movement. But uh, oh yeah, um, we're, we're we're still we got the uh, sculpting tools out. We're still figuring out this Mount Rushmore thing. All I'll say is, is ma- for as many people as there are to f- to fight to get onto this four person exclusive club that Tristan Adelano is is already a member of. There's a lot of people out there tweeting at me that are getting themselves out of contention. So keep up the hate. Keep it coming. All you Silver King truthers out there, keep it up. Silver King! You're going to love his spinoff, White and Black Podcast, <laughs> whatever it's going to be called. The, uh, the Pro WWE All the Time. We Love Vince podcast. You
1: know what's funny? You know what's funny? I took some people off the list, too, based on tweets that I received. Same thing. But there is one tweeter who I want to shout out, and I meant to do it to open the show. I don't know if he created this account, solely to talk to us i don't know if he ever used twitter before he changed his twitter handle i don't know but this guy's twitter handle bc is milk of Marknesia. oh that's that's fantastic that's, love it
0: that's making some news
1: not a, not a rushmore contender cuz you're you're too new but maybe next year silver king let's be honest are you blocking folks
0: cuz i've got people sliding into my dms complaining that that angry silver king's blocking people
1: again i have a one person block
0: I'll have to to research and find out what this man did but you know this isn't a uh, talk box Thomas Jordan Sutton feud, anyway, like like in the past, right?
1: I don't even remember that uh, the second guy Thomas. I don't even rem- remember feuding with him.
0: All right, he he used to be a, a quality listener. All right, they they're hooking us. I'm together. sure
1: I'm sure he still is. I hope you're still out there listening.
0: All right, hopefully we run into a bunch of you people WrestleMania weekend. Hopefully we don't wake up in a bathtub missing key organs. It's always a possibility with these listeners. Shout out to my boy Talk Box Bob Backlund. That's it, folks. Uh, which button am I gonna hit on the way out? That's really the only question at this point. All right, say goodbye. Hit the correct. hit say the Say goodbye. goodbye. Say goodbye. Goodbye. Okay, now get out of here well, That's a You're rough, Randy. Right? Yeah, but it is rough. Yeah, wrestling is a rough sport. Yeah, it is. You got anything else, Silver King? At least hit the right button. We out.